so glad that you guys speak Hebrew. That makes my life a lot easier. I am Marcelo Arujo. I am I'm Jewish. I believe in Jesus, and I don't know how to turn my computer on. That would be a typical Jewish treat. We are unable to follow directions. It took, it took us 40 years to cross five miles of, of sand. You might be wondering, what is this guy wearing that piece of cloth on his head? to make a statement. Um, I usually don't, I, I stopped wearing the kippah for many years, but since what happened in the Middle East, um, it brought again that Jewish or Middle Eastern blood, uh, we need to make a statement. And statement that we are, they are trying to make, at least myself, is that God is for all people, Palestinians, Ukrainians, Russians, Ecuadorians, Canadians. Well, I don't know about Canadians. <laughs> and God is working, and God is trying to bring the gospel to every single nation, every single culture, without exception. My prayer today is that uh, you will join me in prayer as we elevate God's people, Palestinians, Ukrainians, Russians, Canadians, that he will bring his peace, his shalom, that he will just invade this world again with his love, his patience, and his desire to save, to bring us into the kingdom. We were created as a kingdom people, and Father, help us build your kingdom. And I pray for these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Pastor, and Pastor's wife, for, and God's people for allowing me to come and share God's word with, with you. I grew up in Quito, Ecuador, South America, and 99% um, Catholic country. And being Jewish was not that uh, easy. Um, it's interesting how certain things do happen. If you want to insult someone in, in Ecuador, all you have to do is stop being Jewish. So basically, that tells you uh, the climate against uh, Jewish people, anti-Semitism. When I was 15 years of age, I decided that things were not right, that we needed to change the nation, corruption, the political system. So I enrolled on uh, what we call the Communist Party. So I became an ardent political activist. I wanted to change my nation. I wanted to change the world. 
And at the time, the best thing to do was to embrace Marxism. And with that ideology, you begin to change people's minds and people's hearts as well. What I didn't know is that we would be persecuted. A few of my colleagues were assassinated. Others disappeared even to this day. And I got to the point that uh, I was in the list. And I had an, an uncle that used to work for the Secret Service. And by that time, my older brother had come to, to Canada. And my uncle made a phone call to my brother, get him out of here, his neck is on the line. And I didn't want to come. What am I going to do in the white, cold north? Here in Ecuador, it's nice and warm. We have mountains. So I got out at the right time. I got involved here in the political, political system. I continue my uh, education. And of course, Marxism was the thing to do. However, things here are a bit, are a bit different, and it's kind of Interesting, because the most leftist thing that, I call it, I think, that we found here was the NDP. They, they called them communists. I'm like, really? I'm thinking, these people don't know anything about politics. They are just slightly slightly to the left of, of, of the liberals. So, but, but it was fun. I began attending, attending the, um, the uh, NDP. But it was futile. With, they would never achieve any change, any radical change. I got involved, I went to university to study drama, and drama is the best tool to communicate, communicate any kind of message, any kind of gospel. And of course, once out of university, we formed a theater troupe, and everything that we would do, we would, it would be our own work, and we would present a message from the left, if you will. And then I met a gentile from Trinidad and Tobago. So six plus, skinny, skinnier than I. And when we met, I told him my name. He says, nice to meet you. And then he says, there's Marcello, you're a sinner. You need to be cleansed by the blood of the lamb. I said, what? I'm Jewish. I don't sin. Blood doesn't cleanse, it is stains. Go get a life. He just smiled and walked away saying, praise you, Jesus. And I'm thinking, this guy is a nutcase. Stay away from him. But I'm working with him every single day. Every single day he would come and talk to me about this Jesus guy. At one point, I said to, to Ken, I said, look, are you familiar with history? Don't you know that Christians 
killed all the Jews? Well, that's an exaggeration, you know? Don't you know that? And you want me to believe in the leader of the guys, the, the guy that leads you guys to kill us? It's not going to happen. So stop talking to me about Jesus. Big smile. Praise you, Jesus. He talked to me about Jesus every single day. I was sick of it. So I needed to do something about it. So I went to synagogue and I walked into the rabbi's office and he says to me, I don't have the time for you right now. Would you come? Monday, it was a Friday. I never went back. But he gave me a phone number used for Judaism. I phoned them. I left a message. They never answered my call. So what I decided to do is I wanted to investigate this thing for, for my own. So I went to a Christian store, and I stood at the door. Should I touch it? What if? If I touch, I'm going to become a Christian, you know? And for about 15, 20 minutes, then the clerk comes out. I would step in, and she comes behind me. She says, can I help you? And I said, yes, I need a Christian Bible. What kind? What do you mean, what kind? We have only one. And then she says, the NIV, well, the NIV, I don't think that was there in the 90s. Then she says, the King James, the New King James, the New American, New American sounded fine, you know. It's, it's okay. I bought it. I went home. Okay, so uh, the Torah is here. Good. The um, prophets are here. Good. The Gospels are here. This is something new. Read, read the Gospel of um, read the Gospel of Matthew. Two pages. Too boring. <laughs> Mark, interesting but too fast. He doesn't give you space. Luke, too intellectual. <laughs> John, wow. It shocked me. This is how John begins. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. I said, what? I stopped reading. I went to my Torah, Hebrew, open, Genesis. God created. God spoke. And then in John, I go back, and I read exactly the same thing. I finished reading chapter 1. I fell in love with with Jesus. But I'm Jewish. So what am I going to do with this information? If I tell my, my family, they are going to crucify me. <laughs> well, they would kick me out of the family. They would kick me out of Jewish life and all that. So Ken tells me the next day, he says, I see that you're you're ready to accept Jesus as your Savior. I said, how do, you how do you do that? And then he says, okay, follow me and I'll teach you. So he says what you guys call the sinner's prayer. There is this formula. And I prayed with him. And voila, he says, you're a Christian now. Said, what? It's interesting. So... 
Next step, I needed to go to church. And I went to a Pentecostal church. And the co-pastor comes to me and says, you know that you're not a Christian? I said, tell me so. He says, when, when you're singing, uh, when, when we're praying, you don't speak in tongues. And what's that? Huh? So I left. I went to a Baptist church. I think I stayed there for a month. Someone comes and taps on my shoulder and says, you know that you're not a Christian. How's that? Were you thinking you were moving your shoulders? <laughs> wow. So I left. I went to a Presbyterian church. I fell home. But then something happens. I'm reading the Bible, doing devotionals. I'm reading Exodus. God says to Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go, but he won't let my people go because I am going to harden Pharaoh's heart. I stopped. I read it again. He won't let my people go because I am going to harden Pharaoh's heart. I have read that many times. At this point, why would God say, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go, but he won't let my people go because I'm going to shut the door. I'm going to throw away the key. What do you do with that information? I said, as I thought, this is just stories for kids. And I put the Bible on one side, and I talked to Ken. I said, what's going on? And he said, God is God, and he can do whatever he wants, to whomever he wants, whenever he wants. I said, that's not good enough. Nice being you can um, live in this Christianity stuff. Sayonara, goodbye, adios. And he says, um, why don't you go and talk to your pastor? Good idea. So I went and I talked to my pastor. Pastor, what's going on? God is God, and he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, to whomever he wants. That's nonsense. There has to be a clear explanation. And he says, nice meeting you, Pastor. Goodbye. And then he says, I have a friend that teaches theology at that time, Ontario Bible College. I'm going to make an appointment. Do you want me to? Certainly. He made the appointment, and I went to talk to this professor he has a doctorate. He's a doctor in theology. We sat down, we had a conversation, and then he says, God is God. He can do whatever he wants. That's not good enough for me. Adios. And I left. And I left Christianity for good, or so I thought. And this is what happened. I was doing research for a play. And I go to, to bed at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock, went to bed, lights off. It is in the middle of the summer. And suddenly I felt the uh, temperature of my bathroom just dropped. Like it, it became really cold. And as well, this heavy darkness just came in into the bathroom and it was heavy, yucky, ugly. So I sat on my bed, turned the light on, said, well, go to sleep. 
bit, but next day I was thinking about it. What's going on? It's the figment of my imagination. Don't be a chicken. So, next day, I'm reading. 10 o'clock, time to go to bed. Lights off, nightmare begins. Darkness is heavier, as yucky, as mucky. And there's evil presence ever more powerful. And it became so cold. I got up and I went out for a two-hour walk. Came back, went to bed, and I went to sleep. I talked to Ken about it. And he says, you must have something dark in your room, books or what have you. I am not um, superstitious. I don't keep amulets of any kind. And she says, just find something and throw it in the garbage. So I said, okay, went home. I didn't find anything worthy of throwing in the garbage, but I'm concerned. I'm looking at my watch. It's 7 o'clock. It's 8 o'clock. It's 9 o'clock. At that point, I begin to think what's going to happen tonight. And then this thought comes to me and says, my, my head, my brain, it says, don't be a chicken. Go to the kitchen. Make, make cocoa like your mama used to make. Drink it. You're going to sleep like a baby. That's exactly what I did. Go to bed, lies off, head, head pillow. And it was horrendous because I felt this weight on my whole body. I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't think. Blanked. And this heaviness, this evil presence, so even powerful. And I see this head in the form of a triangle, a humongous head, teeth like this. Smoke coming out of its nostrils. Fire coming out of its eyes and, his, and its mouth. I knew that it wanted my life. But I'm paralyzed. I couldn't move. Suddenly, out of nowhere, this thought comes to my brain, get up, go down on your knees, and ask Jesus to come to your life. But I couldn't move. So I mustered the strength to get out of bed, go down on my knees. All I, need, all I said is, Jesus, Yeshua, come to my life, be my king. Immediately, gone. The reality of evil is there, is real. It's not just someone's imagination. See, this is what I understood immediately. When God says to Pharaoh, let my people go, but I'm not going to let my people go because I'm going to harden his heart, you know what God does? As he removes himself. Because when I couldn't find an answer to that question, God removed himself from my life to allow me to see the other side of the equation. From that perspective, that 
It, it makes sense. That's how God hardened the hearts of people who do not want to come to him. I phoned my mom. Mom, I believe in Jesus. Click. And my mom called my brother, and uh, my mom told my brother, tell your brother, she wouldn't even pronounce my name, tell your brother to stop calling me, he is not my son anymore. Jewish evangelism is practically bringing the gospel to Jewish people. We are proud of our Jewish identity, but that by itself doesn't affirm whether they believe in God or not. Jewish people, as everybody else, have different beliefs and ideas about God. Therefore, when sharing the gospel with your Jewish friends, it is very important to find out whether your friends believe in the Bible, they have read the Bible. How many of you have a Jewish friend? How many of you know a Jewish person? Okay. Those of you who didn't put uh, your hand, don't know anyone Jewish. I'm going to pray for you before I leave today because you should know Jesus. I'm so sorry that's a bad Jewish joke. So how do we bring the gospel to Jewish people? That's easy. It is not that difficult. But that doesn't mean that their Jewishness is not important to them. And most Jews also believe that the opposite of Jewish is Christianity. Jewishness, Judaism, the opposite is Christianity. And so for us to consider Jesus as a bit problematic because it means considering losing everything that we know and who we are, even our Jewish identity. Therefore, in witnessing to Jewish people about Jesus, it is important to stress that they do not need to give their Jewish identity. They continue to be Jewish in order to embrace Jesus as the Messiah. I'm going to go through facts and myths about Jewish evangelism. There are several popular myths which keep people from sharing the gospel with their Jewish friends. Some of them include myth, all Jews are experts in the Old Testament. Not so. Fact, most Jewish people have strong cultural identity rather than knowing the Torah. Myth. I can just invite my Jewish friend to my church. Fact. Many Jewish people will hesitate to attend a church. There is no substitute for your personal testimony, sharing 
your faith. It is as interesting because that's exactly what I thought. If I go to if I go to church, some someone is going to zap me and I'm going to be a Christian. Myth. I may not be able to answer their questions. Fact. That's true. But that's not change the truth of the gospel. Tell your friends that you are happy to do some research and you will get the proper information. See, Ken was brazen enough to say, Marcelo, you're a sinner. You need to be cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. That's a foreign concept for me, right? But I took the time to investigate this thing. I took the time. Also, I took the time because I saw something totally different in Ken. He genuinely loved me. He shared the gospel with passion. He, he had this attitude that nothing in, in the world is wrong. He always was with a beautiful smile, always saying, praise you, Jesus. And that is a powerful testimony of who you are. And that's what that's something that we respect. So do some research, find information. If you don't find information, call us, Chosen People Ministries. Talk to us and we will guide you step by step on what to say and not what to say. Myth. I need to wait for the Holy Spirit's leading. I don't want to lose my friendship with them. If you are going to do that, Jesus will come and you, you won't do anything. Yes, the Holy Spirit will help you when you go down on your knees and you say, how am I going to reach my friend with the gospel? And the Holy Spirit is going to tell you, go tell him that he needs Jesus. Well, he will be more specific. He will tell you more things. Fact, God has already told us that we are witnesses, Matthew 28. If you are friendly and forthright, you will gain your friend's respect for sincerely caring even if they don't agree to discuss the matter with you. And you need to be faithful. If they tell you no, stop for a while and then tell them something else. Ask questions. Why not? What is it that it is stopping you? Do you go to synagogue? What kind of synagogue did you go? Are you ultra-Orthodox? Are you Orthodox? Are you conservative? Are you reform? See, now we, we have LTG, whatever it is, in the Jewish community. So we have synagogues that cater to gay people. So all those things, once you find out, you would be able to share the gospel with them. Fact, that will likely be a long wait most Jewish people feel that religion is a private matter and might be painful to ask. 
besides, the Great Commission commands us to tell them. See, that's what the Bible says. Go tell everybody. It doesn't say except the Jewish people. We need to be practical on Jewish evangelism. When they say to Jewish person, remember, make friends. Demonstrate that you really care about them. Affirm the fact that you know they are Jewish and that you appreciate their Jewishness. Let your friendship be the stepping stone and groundwork for your witness to them. And that's the key. Be upfront. Be who you are. Tell them, I believe in Jesus. Don't praise that label on your forehead, I'm a Christian. Because for us, everybody that's not Jewish is a Christian. So in that, from that perspective, I have, I have two cats. One of them is Jewish, the other one is a Gentile. Right? And that's, uh, that's my silliness. So basically, once you, if you have a Jewish friend, a co-worker, approach, approach them wisely. Invite them to a coffee. During a, a coffee conversation, ask questions. What do you believe? Nothing. Why is it that you don't believe in anything? Have you considered this? Have you considered this? other thing. When we ask questions, that's the beauty. When we ask questions, we are always expecting for a response. Follow exactly what Jesus did. He never, ever answered a question. Or if he did, he would answer the question with a question. Nicodemus. How is it, me, a grown man, how is it that I'm going to go back into? And Jesus doesn't pay attention to his question. He responds something else. Give your personal testimony. The reality of God in your own life is a powerful witness. Many Jewish people think that you were born a Christian. This is is the same way as we are born Jewish. So it's the same thing with you. Um, many of you will have a background. You, some of you may be Dutch, of that Dutch extraction, Germans, Italians, Hispanics. And I know that there are a bunch of Spanish people, Spanish-speaking people. That's the language that we are going to be speaking in heaven. So the rest of you get on the program. (laughs) And that's the easy thing. Ken was bold enough to come and say to me, Marcelo, you're a sinner. You need to be cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. It triggered something in my mind. It triggered for me to begin to think the reality that that may be true. And then his life. And that's something that whenever we visit, we bring to the table. Do you remember, Ken? Do you remember this? 
And that's the beauty of it. Search the scriptures. Share Romans 11, Romans 1. Go, to, go back to, to, to the scriptures. I'm going to give you some scriptures for you to, to share with them, to read them and point those things to you. Messiah to be the seed of a woman, Genesis 3.15, Galatians 4.4. 4. I'm going to speed up this. Messiah to be the seed of Abraham, Genesis 12, 12, 18, 18, Luke 3.23, 34, Matthew 1.1.2, 1, 1, Acts 3.25, Galatians 3.16. Messiah to be of the tribe of Judah, Genesis 49.10, Luke 3.33, Matthew 1.1.2. 1, 1, Messiah to be the seed of Jacob, Numbers 24.17.19, Matthew 1.1.2, 1, 1, Luke 3.34. If you ask me later on to send me this, I will send it to you. I will have no problem with that. Messiah to be a prophet like Moses, Deuteronomy 18. Verses 15, 19, Matthew 21, 11, John 6, 14, John 1, 45, Acts 3, 22, 23. I'm sorry, my allergy is picking up. Messiah to be the Son of God. The Son of, son of God, Psalm 2, 7, Luke 1, 32, Proverbs 34. I love that one. Proverbs 30, 34, 30 verse 4 is yes, right on. Matthew 3.15. And because of time, I'm going to stop here. So, but keep this in mind. Witnessing is not difficult. We are open to the gospel. As long as you know how to approach us, then we will listen. See, we think from a Jewish perspective, we think that everybody that's not Jewish is Christians, is a Christian. So we need to bring that to the table that that's not a fact. That, yeah, every, that, everyone that is not Jewish is a Gentile, that's a fact. But then you are a follower of, of Jesus, the Messiah, at that point, you are a Christian. Father, I want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you for your love for your people, both Jews and Gentiles. And Father, I do pray for everybody that's sitting here right now. I do, I do not know what they need, but you do. But Father, I also pray that you you will place in their hearts the desire to talk to Jewish people about Jesus, to share the gospel with them. Because when they share the gospel with them, they are sharing their love. Father, I pray for them to have this desire to set this world on fire, your fire. They will share the gospel with both you and Gentile. And again, Father, I pray for every need that they have, spoken, unspoken. I pray for Pastor and his wife. 
as they lead your church, as they lead your people, that you will empower Pastor, Pastor Paul and his wife to be bold with your word. And as, as he leads your people, not only with his example, but also with your love, your message. And I pray for all these things in the mighty name of Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. Would you please stand? The Lord said to Moses to bless his people. you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his countenance towards you and be merciful to you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, our Prince of God.